From BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. The tradition of Celtic music is a sharing of tales. Simple tales, tragic tales, magical tales... Stories that resonate with the audience's own experiences and emotions. And the tale of our guest today begins, perhaps, in a home in which the father, a painter, exchanged some of his paintings for musical instruments. His sons grew up to be Kirkmount, a Celtic band that, when the boys were still very young, kept up a rigorous schedule performing at festivals, in concert halls, making recordings, and they even won a Prairie Home Companions Talent from Towns Under 2000 contest. That may be my favorite accolade. That youth filled with the playing of music together gave way to an adulthood that saw the boys drawn in different directions, each of them still making music, but with less opportunity to play together. But happily, fate has drawn a couple of them back to Provo for a few days, and we're excited to have them in the studio to make music and to chat with them about their musical adventures. Today, we have harpist Alex Bigney, fiddler Sam Bigney with us in the studio, and we're looking forward to a terrific hour. We'll talk with them in a bit, but first, the music. And while a lot of the music we'll hear today will be presented in sets, medleys almost, featuring a mix of traditional tunes and original pieces, we'll start with a single piece called Late Summer Air, an original tune that has had a rich life, included being featured in the Ken Burns documentary The National Parks, America's Best Idea. Here live are Alex and Sam Bigney.
This is Highway 89 coming to you live from Studio 6. We've been listening to two of the three members of Kirkmount, Celtic band, that today we've got harpist Alex and the fiddler Sam Bigney. The late summer air we just heard was featured in the Ken Burns documentary, The National Parks, America's Best Idea. Thank you both for coming in today. This is really fun to have you. Yeah, fun to be here. Thank you so much for having us. So I'm picturing your dad trading... Paintings for instruments. So this gives me a clue, but tell me a little bit about the artistic environment in your home. Yeah, we grew up, and uh, our dad is a visual artist, paints oil media mostly. It's an interesting thing being raised in an artist's home, what can I say? <laughs> yeah, so he got a harp, actually, is what he what he got for in, in trade for his piece of artwork. The fiddle was something that Sam started on. It's been a little bit more of a family tradition. My my uh, grandfather actually was was uh, he he was a, a man of many trades and hobbies, and one of his hobbies was uh, he was a hobby uh, luthier. Mm. So he made instruments and violins, and um, ended up actually teaching me some of that trade. But uh, yeah, when I was eight years old, he had a, a little I think quarter size violin, you know, one of those little tiny violins, and and uh, and that's what I got to start on. Did you get to choose your instrument, or were you assigned? They ended up being very complementary <laughs> to each other. That's true. I, I would say we didn't have an awful lot of choice, but we were just interested in being creative and playing music. So what was there for the family was there, and we. St- so so I would say there's a little bit of um, a little bit of chance there, I suppose, but it turned out very <laughs> yes, very nicely. Very well. No, I I really wanted to play the trumpet, I think, if I remember <laughs> yes. correctly. But I came around to see that really I wanted to play the violin. Ah, uh, yes, the Celtic trumpet. How we love it. Right. <laughs> yes. So, tell us about this next set. It's called Home on the Columbia. My wife Paige and I, when we first got married, um, decided to go on an adventure and went out uh, uh, to live in a beautiful spot right along the Columbia River, right across from Multnomah Falls. If any of you have taken that drive. It's a, a gorgeous area, and with the Columbia River as our backyard, I would sit out on the porch and play music in the evenings. And so the first tune is uh, called Home on the Columbia, uh, about our, our experience living there in, in Washington State on the Columbia River, and then uh, moves into a tune that I made for my uh, grandfather um, after he passed, and it's uh, called Buddy's March Home. And uh, then it goes into a tune I made for my father-in-law called Ranger Norman Davis. He was a park <laughs> ranger at, uh, at many, many parks around in the West throughout the, the past decades. So Ranger Norman Davis, followed by a tune that Alex made called Cliff and Jamie are number one. And that's for a couple of, of our fans here in Utah who, uh, who made it to almost all of our shows. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. The, the most surprising there was once that I don't even know how they knew. We had some small gig down in Torrey. <laughs> And 
they were there. <laughs> so, so I wrote a tune about that. Well, let's hear this. We're about to hear the Home on the Columbia set. This sounds like it's a lot of family and friends all mixed together in this with the various people they were written for. We're listening to Alex and Sam Bigney live on Highway 89.
That set's called Home on the Columbia, and we're listening to two of the brothers, Bigney, Kirk Mount, Sam, and Alex. And I wonder, Sam, if you'll tell me just a little bit about the name Kirkmount. Where did that come from? Sure, I'd love to. So Kirkmount is the name of a uh, forgotten village in Nova Scotia, in Pictou County, Nova Scotia. Kind of up where Prince Edward Island, you know, where Anne of Green Gables was yes. from, and <laughs> and uh, up near uh, Cape Breton Island. Cape Breton is, is where this style of music comes from. Well, Cape Breton and the surrounding areas like Kirkmount, like Pictou County. And it's a really particular style, a, a blend of Irish and Scottish and French fiddle music that's been really well preserved and there's this neat evolution to this music too. I've been thinking about it a lot recently and thinking about how we ended up, you know, the brothers Bigney ended up two generations later from, you know, uh, farming in the in the hills of, of Nova Scotia to playing that same music out here in, in you know, the hills of uh, Utah. <laughs> the Rocky Mountains. Yes, yeah. <laughs> right. It's also neat to hear that you're writing everything we just heard you wrote, but it follows that same style. There's a lot of folks we could ask about, but we, uh, as we research, we keep hearing about Uncle Bud. Was that the grandpa? Oh, yeah, Grandpa Tell, Bud, yep. Okay. He, he seems was, to be a prominent figure. Uncle, Grandpa, <laughs> uh, he, he was our grandpa. He played a little bit of a few different things, a fiddle, the bagpipes, the banjo, a few different things, but I think he, he just really appreciated the music in general. He's the one that got us going. We played classical music when we were younger, but this music just, when he introduced us to it, it really hit our hearts. <laughs> yeah. Have you gotten to take your music back to that area? We have. We've been once or twice up to Nova Scotia and been to Cape Breton, played in the Normaway barn one time up there. Um, we're hoping to be back more times. <laughs> nice. Currently, we are uh, residing in the state of Maine, which is not too far from Nova Scotia. So, so uh, last summer, I was up there and played a little bit of music. Set us up for this homecoming set. So Homecoming Set is a set that I wrote. All of the tunes, there, there are many tunes in there. The first one, Homecoming. The next one I call Henny Penny Struts Her Stuff. That's a favorite one for the story. Uh, we had a chicken, well, we had a few chickens, and Henny Penny was the head chicken. And I looked out the, our window one morning, and there she was out pecking in the yard, and we had a pheasant come into the yard. And, uh, and walked right by her, and she seemed to take a lot of notice of him and, and wandered all around him, so I wrote the tune, Henny Penny Struts Her Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, let's see, there, there's a tune in there that I call um, Piper's Pleasure, one that I call Noah's Ark, then another one that I call The Sower's Reel. We like to garden a lot, so in the springtime, The Sower's Reel, and the last one in the set is one I call Wee Pilly Pinky, uh, that I wrote for my daughter, who's seven years old at this time. <laughs> she wore flannel pajamas when she was little, and probably you can put the rest of the story together. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's have you pick up the harp. We're going to be hearing the homecoming set. Sort of interesting, I have seen harpists in uh, silver sequin slippers and in shining black patent leather, but this is the first harpist I've met who plays in work boots. Sort of looks like, let's play music and then I'll go chop wood for you. <laughs> That's right. Here is Kirkmount with Homecoming.
a homecoming set. We're in Studio 6 at Highway 89. You are hearing live performances from Alex Bigney, Sam Bigney, members of Kirkmount. Glad to have you in the studio. And thank you. Uh, I know Sam has been carefully nursing along his fiddle that he brought from a totally different altitude and environment and humidity. And what happens when you bring an instrument, uh, when you bring your violin into a, a high, dry place like this? Well, it's a precision instrument, you know, that's that's hand-carved and right down to the fraction of a millimeter, and and it's wood, you know, so so that wood <laughs> breathes with the you know the humidity and the and the dryness, and and so uh, it moves. And when you take a well, let's just say I'm not the only one that's jet lagged after the flight last <laughs> night. <laughs> and Alex, I've always wanted to ask a harpist: Are you plucking with fingernails or the ends of your fingers? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, now uh, most harpists don't use fingernails, and I keep my fingernails short on all but three fingers, and I use those particularly to do ornamentation, hmm. uh, which you'll hear some little trills and, uh, and triplets and things, something particular to the uh, style of music we're doing. Tell me about Grandpa's Invitation to Fiddle Camp. <laughs> I'm going to back up a little bit first because okay. Grandpa's first introduction uh, to us uh, as far as the music goes was at my first memories riding around as a little kid in his truck in his big truck he'd usually have a a big Dodge Ram you know like that that Dodge Ram anyway yeah. um, <laughs> so he'd always have in a, a cassette tape of Buddy McMaster or Jerry Holland or Allie Bain or Winston Scotty Fitzgerald the greats of uh, Scottish music and in particular Cape Breton music and I never really knew what it was when I was a child but then when um, I guess I was 11 Alex must have been, what, uh, 13 at the time, but we were young and uh, had just started playing music and, and started becoming a little bit more proficient at, at our instruments. And Grandpa said, well, why don't I take you out here to this camp? And I think he had gone the previous year and really liked it. And, and you know, the rest is really, as they say, history. We, we went out and fell in love with the music. That's um, where uh, I wrote Late Summer Air as an assignment that year. And, wow. and, uh, and from that, we, um, Alex and our brother Simon, and and that's when we all got together and started playing some tunes that we learned then and kept writing music from there. Now, there's a couple names that pop up in this next set, the Jerry's Jigs. There's, there must be a real Jerry and Marilyn Merrill's Jig. Are these, are these real folks? <laughs> Absolutely. Marilyn Merrill's my mom. Oh, So okay. that's her maiden name. <laughs> that's pretty real. Yeah. She's, she's as real as they come. And uh, uh, Jerry Holland is one of our teachers over the years. He's, he's passed now, but he was an amazing fiddle player and, and really set the bar for all of us. And, and uh, we were lucky enough to get to study with him and be friends with him. Nice. Well, today in studio, we've got Kirk Mount, and like always on Highway 89, we only come to you live, and I love the music these guys are drawing out of these instruments, both big and small. We're about to hear Jerry's Jigs from Kirk Mount.
Jerry's Jigs. We're listening to Kirk Ballantier live on Highway 89. You mentioned, Sam, writing Late Summer Air at the Fiddle Camp. Mm-hmm. Did the songs just begin with all of you right from the very beginning? You just were all writing? You know, Late Summer Air was the first one. I think... Uh, I was really encouraged because everybody, I, I got good feedback on that one. So, so I think when I got home from the fiddle camp, I wrote a few more just from that, from that sort of, uh, uh, you know, energy that, that I carried over. And then I think not long after, I think Alex too, uh, started writing music and, and they just we kept adding to our repertoire, both, you know, the, the tunes that people like Jerry Holland would write and teach us and tunes that we'd write and then good traditional tunes. So playing the traditional tunes, that's a really important thing for learning the style and what you do, but you guys do freely mix the traditional with the original. Was that a conscious decision? We're just going to be this kind of band? Well, um, one thing about the music, it's about telling stories, as you, can, as you can well see from all the names of people and situations. So it's about telling stories. What we find is that the stories haven't ended. We're trying to continue the story of our grandpa and our great-grandpa and mm. our great-great-grandpa. Tell me about the, this set that starts with Rosie's Waltz. So actually, these are the tunes that I was talking about that I came home and wrote not long after okay. uh, uh, Late Summer Air, actually. That was uh, a lead uh, Right, right. <laughs> Good segue there. Uh, but uh, uh, Rosie's Waltz is from my grandmother, uh, Rose, and, and um, she's passed now, of course, my grandpa Bud as well, which the next one is another tune for him. And then uh, into a tune for my grandmother Rose's sister, who is also very close to us, and she's uh, our great-aunt Vera. And, uh, these are terrific. Names for songs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vera's Tea Kettle is the name of the song. And then uh, there's there's a little tune in there. It's kind of an Irishy type tune. I think it's uh, Caramel Mahoney. Um, it's a tune that Jerry taught me, anyhow. The, uh, the Vera's Tea Kettle is fun. When we were little, and as we were starting to play this type of music, our, uh, our Aunt Vera used to have tea parties with all of us, and we would sit at our younger sister's uh, dolly table, <laughs> the three, three big teenage boys at a little table, and, and our great aunt, she was a very particular lady, and, and she would have us sit and be polite and the whole thing. I'd make muffins from the Betty Crocker cookbook, the old school <laughs> Betty Crocker cookbook, and we'd have a tea party. And every time she came, we'd have to have a, a tea party. It was just what she wanted to do and what we wanted to do. <laughs> and, and so we had fun with that. So Vera's tea kettle is, is because of that. Very nice. Well, we're going to hear this. If you happen to have some crumpets handy while you're listening, now would be the time to break those out because we've got the perfect music for it. Highway 89 always comes to you live, and today, no exception, here is Kirk Mount.
studio today we've got Kirk Mount playing live music from the Cape Breton tradition of Celtic music and we have time I think we can squeeze in one more set of music I don't know I think we can actually ask these guys a question real quick and do you know what my burning question is it's because you're brothers you know <laughs> like if you're the the eighth member of the Jackson family or you're the 11th Osmond you sort of know what you're going to be doing what did this do for you as brothers growing up you know, I, I, I think we were always really close at, as brothers. I mean, the three of us, but certainly Alex and I. I think, you know, I wouldn't... I wouldn't Because uh, it could either be really good or a disaster. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there are some both, of both. You know, absolutely. Always some of both. Um, I, I think, you know, just uh, as with any sibling relationships. But, but it certainly was, was great, especially to get to go around with our grandparents, to get to go, you know, hang out with them, because they were often our, our chauffeurs to the mm. rides when we were younger. And so just the three of us boys and our, and our grandpa and, and grandma, who we called Baba. And those are times that I, I wouldn't trade for, for much of anything else. We were always the boys. When uh-huh. we got in trouble, it was the boys. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we, we did everything together, and I think the music just kind of brought that together even more. There's a certain feeling that I think that we, that we get playing the music that sometimes people have said, well, you want to play with somebody else, another group or, or another artist. And sometimes we will just as a guest type thing, but, but ultimately it's it's different to be able to share something this this important with your family. Oh, that's really cool. Let's hear the wandering set. Now that you've gone all the way off to Maine, you can't wander much further without being on Cape Breton. <laughs> yeah. I think I was almost the plan. <laughs> we are pleased to hear this final set, the wandering set. So pleased to have had Alex and Sam Bigney, who are members of Kirkmount. Thank you. 
Wandering, a beautiful set of music to end our program today. What a pleasure to have Alex and Sam Bigney with us, filling the studio with traditional and original harp and fiddle tunes and great conversation. It's all been recorded live right here in Studio 6, and we're happy to, to have been able to bring you the magic made by these two brothers playing together. If you just caught part of the show, would like to hear the beginning, if you'd like to listen again or share it with a friend, it's easy to do. All of our shows are archived online for free on-demand listening at BYU radio.org slash highway 89 follow us on twitter at byuh89 for live show updates and special behind the scenes photos and video clips highway 89 is a production of byu broadcasting in provo utah our recording engineer is mark wait our student assistants are victoria khalil and marin del rio our producer is sam Payne. i'm stephen cap perry thanks for listening